Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh, and in today's video, we're going to be talking about how to regulate your emotions. And before we get into a lot of points that helps you uh, walk through your emotions, let's break down a scripture and some points so that we'll be pointed in the right direction. But also, if you're joining me later, I know that nobody's live right now, but those who's joining me later, go ahead and download the worksheet to this video. It will actually guide you through the eight steps to help you practice how to regulate your emotions. But let's get right into Proverbs 29 11, which says this, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. I'm going to read it again. Proverbs 29 11 says, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. That text is basically letting us know that a foolish person is the one that just lets their emotions go. But a wise person says, I'm going to calculate the situation a little bit more. Before I give the situation my emotions, let me quietly hold it back to see if I should even uh, have emotions for the situation. But I have a lot of points, so I'm going to keep going. The first point that I want to give you is this. Emotions are just indicators of a present mood. Emotions are just indicators of a present mood. What does that mean? Give me one second. It means this. They just let you know how you currently feel. Emotions were never meant for us to invest in overly. They were not designed for us to invest. They were just supposed to let us know how we feel in a particular situation. So emotions are just indicators of a present mood. Next point. We were created to have emotions, but not for emotions to have us. We were created to have emotions, but not for emotions to have us. Meaning it's okay to have emotions, but we shouldn't be emotional. Emotions shouldn't have us. Greed, anger, sadness, depression shouldn't own us. So you got to examine what are the dominant emotions in your life and do they dominate you? How do they dominate you? Do they own you? Every time you're in a certain environment, does those emotions run rampant? in your life. Next point. It is our responsibility to regulate our own emotions. Once again, it is our responsibility to regulate our own emotions. Next point. Emotions will rise, but we must have systems to ensure they are regulated. So emotions are just indicators of a present mood. We were created to have emotions, but not for emotions to have us. And it is our responsibility to regulate our own emotions. Let's define what it means to regulate our emotions. It says regulating emotions involves managing and controlling one's emotional responses to different situations, fostering a balanced and constructive emotional state. It includes strategies like self-awareness, cognitive reappraisal, and coping mechanisms to promote emotional well-being. Let's break that down. So dense, so layered. Let's get into it. Regulating emotions involves, that means in order for me to regulate my emotions, it involves certain practices, certain thought processes, etc. It says it involves managing and controlling one's emotional responses to different situations. That says that you have to be and I have to be self-aware of how we typically respond in every environment. 
certain environments shouldn't catch us off guard because we already caught how we ought to live or act in those environments. So what that basically saying is this, it is our responsibility to manage our emotions as well control how we respond. The best way to see where you are your weakest emotionally is how you typically respond in rooms that are triggering. And when we begin to think those things through, we'll begin to say, okay, I got to make sure that I, I, I gird myself up. I in, in, install systems in my psyche, in my life to ensure that I just don't find myself mismanaging my emotions. It says regulating emotions involves managing and controlling one's emotional responses to different situations. Next, it says fostering a balanced and constructive emotional state. So it is our responsibility to say, okay, what emotional state do I want to reside in? You hear me say this every time the word state comes in my messages. I say that right now, I am physically only in the state of North Carolina. I am not in South Carolina right now physically. I might be virtually in South Carolina. And for those who watch right now, let me know where you're watching from, what city, what state, all that good stuff. But right now, I may be virtually in multiple states or countries, but right now, I am physically in one state. Now, in the comments, let me know what emotional state should we always reside in? I'll give you all about 15 seconds. What is an emotional state that you and I should always thrive in, that is almost like a foundational emotion that contributes to positive ones. Give about 10 seconds. I know you guys are just not coming in, but I'll go ahead and give it to you for time's sake. It is joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. See, the Bible says in his presence, there's a fullness of joy. There we go. Diamond says peace and joy. Those two uh, internal uh, 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 emotions that, that are only embodied and one who is submitted to the spirit of God, those emotions become foundational in every situation. They're foundational, situational. So no matter what situation you find yourself in, if you already reside in joy, we're not saying you're going to be perfect. We're just saying that you have a high probability of navigating most situations without being overly emotionally triggered because you've already caught a vibe. You already in God's joy, which would then give you strength to whatever may trigger you. It says fostering a balanced and constructive emotional state. Now I want you to write on a sheet of paper, what emotion do you typically reside in? And be honest, is it fear? Is it anger? Is it depression? Is it sadness? Is it happiness based upon what's happening or is it joy and peace? Think about that as we go through these points. It includes strategies like self-awareness, cognitive reappraisal, we're going to talk about that, and coping mechanisms to promote emotional well-being. See, a lot of people do not see what type of holes they have emotionally. Some of us, we were wounded, we were traumatized, we were neglected, we were abandoned, we were rejected, and those uh, experiences created holes inside of us emotionally. And when you have holes emotionally, you can't hold someone else emotionally. You cannot be there or emotionally available to your children if you have emotional holes in your life. You can't be emotionally available to your spouse if you have uh, emotional holes in your own physical house, right? And so you got to start 
thinking about what areas of my life I want to get there. It has contributed to me having holes emotionally, causing me not to hold or be available to my loved ones emotionally. So all that we're going to get to a next paragraph, the ability to regulate emotions can be influenced by various factors. It says here, but a common root reason is often a lack of emotional intelligence. God wants us to have high EQ. All of us are at different spectrums when it comes to emotional intelligence, but with the Holy Spirit, we should always be emotionally intelligent, being sensitive enough, being empathetic enough, being gracious enough, being kind enough, being patient enough, being loving enough to be able to feel the room and feel the room. See, the goal, in order for me to feel a room, F-I-L-L, I have to be able to feel the room. See, we as believers were meant to be thermostats, not thermometers. See, a thermometer tells the temperature, a thermostat sets the temperature. So as believers, it is our responsibility to make sure that we go to God through gratitude in the morning so that we'll be able to set the temperature. God knows exactly what temperature he wants your workplace to be, your business to be, your school to be, wherever it be. So when you catch the vibe from God, God will set you at a temperature of joy that when you step into the room, you will be able to bring the temperature down if it's toxic, if it's hot, if it's heavy, if it's if it's if it's tense, then you will be able to bring it down uh, uh, at a place where people can operate at common sense. Or if you're in a situation where it's too cold and it's too uh, uh, people depressed and sad, you're able to add a little heat of joy in there, a heat of humor in there and bring the temperature up. But see, when we understand that emotional intelligence is about feeling so that I can feel, that's why it's important to have emotional intelligence, knowing that be able to see people's body language and being able to not be so consumed of ourselves that we can't serve ourselves to help other people rise to the right temperature, right frequency, right vibration for them to actually be able to be used by God or be able to be healed by God. Do you know that when a believer comes into a room, our faith and hope should cause faith and hope to rise in a person to a level of belief where healing can be activated, where salvation can be activated, where uh, 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 healing of relations can be activated. That's why we got to make sure we stay at a state of joy. So no matter where we're deployed, we'll be able to be of use. And then people are like, man, I've healed. <laughs> like, like my mind is being renewed just by being around a person who has high EQ. And I'm going to do a video on emotional intelligence a little bit later. It says this can include challenges and in understanding Managing and uh, managing and effectively using one's own emotion. So basically, what causes some people not to be able to regulate their emotions is because number one, they lack emotional intelligence. They're blinded by their own selves to be able to see the needs of others. Number two, it says includes challenges and understanding. Some people just don't understand. Some people haven't really were were taught how to understand the needs of others. Uh, managing and effectively using one's own emotions. Factors such as past experiences, unmet needs, or inadequate coping skills can also contribute to difficulties and emotional regulation. I'm going to talk about some of these down here. And so I'm going to keep going for time's sake. And so, so we see that. It says developing emotional intelligence 
through self-awareness and skill building can be crucial for improving emotional regulation. So we see here that in order for me and you to be able to regulate our emotions and to be in in our ability to regulate our emotions, be able to operate in emotional intelligence. Number one, I have to be self-aware. And number two, I have to be willing to develop the skills, being able to improve emotional regulation. So now here are uh, six things I want to give you that are contributing to why it make why it is difficult for some people to regulate their emotions. To regulate emotions effectively individuals often need to address these root issues so that before we can ever get to a place to regulate and to be able to reach people with our emotional intelligence, we have to, number one, get to the root reasons of why we're unable to regulate our emotions. Number one, self-awareness. It says here, understanding and recognizing one's own emotions is fundamental. This involves acknowledging feelings without judgment and being aware of emotional triggers. So step one of why people are unable to regulate their emotions is because they lack self-awareness. Are you aware of yourself? I'm talking about aware of yourself deeply. It says understanding and recognizing one's own emotions is fundamental. So the fundamentals of being able to regulate your own emotions is to know your own emotions and what triggered them. See, a lot of us, the reason why it's hard for us to heal emotionally, because we were uh, children when we were most wounded. And because our brains wasn't fully developed, it was hard for us to uh, uh, express how we felt and nor will we, most of us wasn't brought up in environments that allowed it. And so a reason why it's hard possibly for you to regulate your emotion is because you are not self-aware. You're not aware of your emotions and you're not willing, well, not willing, but you're uh, having really dealt with those emotional triggers. Number two, past trauma or unresolved issues is another reason contributing to why it could be difficult for you to regulate your emotions. It says addressing and processing past traumas or unresolved issues can be crucial. Unattended emotional wounds may resurface and hinder effective emotional regulation. So what happens when you're in a situation in your marriage and you guys are in an argument and one of the words that was spoken in the argument triggered an unresolved issue that had nothing to do with the current issue or the individual that you're in argument with. And all of a sudden it sprouts out and resurfaces. And now you're saying something that you regret because you never took the time to clean out the other issue. So what are those past traumatic experiences you've yet to give to God and really deal with thoroughly? To ensure that they don't resurface, it says unattended emotional wounds may resurface and hinder effective emotional regulation. So you got to think about what are all those emotional wounds? Who wounded you? When were you wounded? Those are two key uh, questions to ask yourself. Who wounded you? You got to go back and say, man, who really wounded me? Some of us, we're trying to overcome the last person that wounded us. But the only reason why that person had access to us, because we never dealt with the first person that wounded us, whether it's a parent, whether it's a, an adult figure growing up, whether it's a coach, whatever happened in your formative years is hindering you from being formative when it comes to your emotions. So that's something to think about. 
What unresolved issue is causing current issues in your life? Number three, cognitive patterns. Identifying and challenging negative thought patterns or irrational beliefs can help reshape cognitive responses to situations, contributing to improved emotional regulation. So that basically saying a lot of people are not mentally in the place poised mentally enough to be able to really think the situation through how you train your mind will determine how you have how you handle things in time and a lot of us our minds are just so influenced and our minds just do what they do that we really haven't taken the time to train a mind that thinks things through to even see if it's even worth me being in my feelings about. How many of us have been guilty of being in our feelings about a situation? And then after the dust has settled and the emotions has went back to their corridors, then we begin to see, man, maybe I shouldn't have pushed that door. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. So we have to develop cognitive patterns, patterns that are able to think things at a certain rhythm, at a certain cadence to ensure that we're able to look at a situation from four different angles in a matter of seconds. And for instance, for me, I have installed in my mind, Josh, get home safely. It doesn't matter who I'm in an altercation with. Now that I have a wife and a daughter, my mind immediately goes to it ain't worth it. Get home. So it doesn't matter who calls me out of my name or whatever. I have to I have cognitively installed a pattern that says, Josh, nothing is worth you finding out if you will never make it home. That's something, especially as a man in this world. Number four, healthy coping mechanisms. Some people, the reason why they're unable to regulate their emotions because they lack healthy coping mechanisms. Developing constructive ways to cope with stress and challenges is essential. This includes finding activities or practices that promote emotional well-being. So you have to be emotionally well before something attacks that emotional well. <laughs> you and I have to practice things regularly to ensure that we emotionally well before hell tries to attack that emotional well. That emotional well is filled with so many streams. You ever been to a, I know you have, You when you go to a restaurant and you go and they got these big, this big Coca-Cola machine, right? And, and it's got like 50 buttons. And it's like, you can, you can push Fanta over here, the purple Fanta, they got peach Fanta, they got all the Fantas over here, they got all the coats, you can slide the screen, all that stuff. It's one machine, multiple fountains. That's like us. We are like that. That any given moment, whatever triggers us to push that button will determine what drink comes out of us. And so if we're not practicing uh, certain coping mechanisms, like for me, lifting weights, like for me, playing ball, like for me, reading my Bible, like for me, those are practices that are like insurance policies for my emotions. So I've already, I'm practicing things in my life that keeps me emotionally well. So that when hell comes against my emotionally well, I stay emotionally well. And so you got to start thinking about, okay, do, what do what do I do regularly? Self-care, uh, 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 having something worth losing. That's a great thing to have. What do I have that I don't want to lose? So that, when, so that thing pops up in your mind. But in the meantime, you got to say, okay, do I go to the gym regularly? Do I lift weights? Do I exercise? Do I do things in the physical realm? And that's the two points down. Or whatever healing mechanism. Do you journal? 
Do you vent? Do you like for me when I'm when I'm in my feelings or whatever, I go for long drives and talk to God. That's a healing. That's a healthy mechanism. And if I can't go to my car, snowing or rain or whatever, then I'm able to go into my room and talk to God. Go downstairs when my wife and daughter sleep. I know for a fact, OK, when they're asleep, I'm going to go downstairs and talk to God. There was a healthy coping mechanism because I needed that. I remember there was a time and I must give you what happened in my life. I was playing basketball at the Children's YMCA in downtown Charlotte. And it, I was going through a rough time. My, my grandma just passed away. And it was a lot going on during that time. I think my wife and I were trying to get married. It was a lot, a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. And I was playing basketball. And while I was playing basketball, this guy calls me out of my name. And by all means, let me let you know something. I was cooking him. I was giving him the as he step back, the as he fade away, the as he up and under. I was giving a tween, tween, double cross, behind the back, step back, pull up threes. It was amazing. This guy got so, such in his feelings, he called me a B-A-N. You can put those words in there if you like. I went ballistic. <laughs> I grabbed his shirt. They had to pull me out. This was only two, this was 2016, 2017. They had to pull me off the guy. I was called. I was, I mean, I, I was cussing that man out. This is this is preacher Josh. And it was at that day I said, man, I I I, I cannot be in this environment right now. I am not mentally, emotionally stable to be in a competitive environment because basketball is different than how I was brought up. Man, people are disrespectful in basketball. Sometimes the guy who ain't even that good, that's the most disrespectful. But what I learned was I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to install some more coping mechanisms because I cannot keep responding. And then about three weeks ago, I was proud of myself when a gentleman and I was at my school's basketball game and a gentleman uh, was doing too much. And I told him, hey, you got to stay off the court. And we and there was a little back and forth. I was proud of how I handled it because I knew for a fact my wife right there, my daughter here. I'm not about to look crazy out here. Right? But either way is what I'm saying is that we've all been there. I've been guilty of of being out of character because I didn't have certain things installed emotionally and. That doesn't mean just because you have something installed that you that that you've uh, won it all. You have to stay in your in your systems of gratitude as your attitude, going to God for the fullness of His joy that strengthens you, and and and, and staying with those coping mechanisms. Number five, interpersonal relationships. The quality of relationships can significantly impact emotional regulation. Addressing conflicts, improving communication, and fostering supportive connections contribute to emotional stability. So some of us are just bad at relationships. We don't know how to relate. Relationships is all about being able to relate, like being able to uh, connect at the basic human level, the basic human dignity, knowing that that person that I'm in relationship with is made in the image of God. My wife is an image bearer. I'm an image bearer. And when that's a foundational installed ideology and truth, then no matter what else, you will make sure that the truth is in the mix because there won't be no deep, uh, uh, crazy conflicts because you know that person's made in the image of God. But because we haven't brought up and weren't trained with that as an installed perspective, our relationships are not quality. And so what happens is a lot of reasons why people, it's hard for people to emotionally regulate because they didn't have good quality parents. They didn't have good quality friends. They weren't, they weren't brought up in good quality homes and they adapted poor relational skills that they can't deploy because they don't have no practice. Let's keep going for time's sake. Let me know in the chat what you guys getting from this. Hope y'all getting a lot from, make sure you like, comment, all that good stuff. It helps the video get out there and reach more people. 
It says addressing these foundational aspects, these six points, provides a comprehensive approach to emotional regulation, creating a more stable and resilient emotional state. Now, here are the eight steps. Here are the eight steps that I put my clients through when it comes to emotional holes in my fulfillment program or when people uh, book me uh, uh, for a long period of time to help coach them um, to uh, being holistically well and successful in all areas. When we get to the emotional hole, I put them through this to teach them. This is how you regulate your emotions. Practice these eight steps and then you'll be able to step in any situation. And even though you're triggered, you at least have some tools and, and some and some mind shifts and, and renewal that will help you handle the situation. Now, here are the eight steps. <clears throat> Let's go through them quickly. Number one, I have them, or here, I'll write them in this order. I wrote them in this order. Triggering event. This is the first step. You're triggered. It says, an external situation or internal thought arises acting as a trigger for an emotional response. This could be positive or negative. So the first step is examining triggers. So on a sheet of paper, well, the worksheet will have you do this. I want you to write down all the triggers, the people that trigger you, the places that trigger you, and the perspectives that trigger you. The people that trigger you, the places that trigger you, and the perspectives that trigger you. What I mean by perspective, I mean the thoughts that you have. It's talked about thoughts. Like there's certain perspectives, certain thoughts that are outdated and haven't been updated. They're poor perspectives that, that when you start thinking about yourself, you're triggered emotionally. When You know, when you're by yourself, nine o'clock. So these emotional triggers don't always have to be about somebody else. It's about you and you. Some of us, we're some of, for some of us, we are our emotional triggers. It's that at 9.30 at night, that 11 o'clock at hour, that 2 o'clock hour, for some that 3 o'clock hour, when you're left with your thoughts. That's why people like to stay busy. They like to stay around people because they don't want to be left alone with their thoughts because they haven't been trained on how to handle their thoughts. We'll talk about that in another video. But the first thing that you have to begin to process, the first step is examining the triggering event. It says it could be an external situation or internal thought that arises, acting as a trigger for an emotional response. This could be positive or negative. So we also got to think about the positive triggers. We're talking about the negative positive ones. We're talking about you super happy. You too happy. Or in other words, you too thirsty. So that guy walks in, you got these elated feelings. And they feel positive, but they come from a negative place. They come from an insecurity. They come from an impulsive place. They come from deep, dark, black emotions that haven't been dealt with, that are spewing out of wounds, fatherlessness, motherlessness, uh, abuse, neglect, abandonment. And it's causing this grasping emotion that grabs someone and makes them uh, the one that they deem as the emotional trigger. See, God has to be our trigger emotionally. The only triggers that I have, and now this is just real, is God uh, my family and my purpose. Those should be your triggers. We're talking about things that trigger you to get up out of bed and work on that book. Things that trigger you to get you off of that off of that couch watching LeBron and start watching your family. Like we're talking about triggers. Like God should be a trigger. Like like every day you every time you look up, you're triggered to give God worship. You triggered to give God praise. You triggered because your perspective has been properly installed. 
Your family triggers you to be there for them and, and go to the gym and do what you got to do to make sure you're in their life through and through for a long period of time. See, God, family, and your purpose should be your only triggers. That don't mean you don't have other triggers. We're talking about dominant triggers that will trigger you out of triggers. <laughs> That'll trigger you out of triggers. What I mean by that? Like when you're in a triggering situation negatively and you're in an event or a situation that's triggering you, then the goodness of God will trigger you out of that trigger. For me, if I'm in a situation with a guy and it gets pretty intense, I, bef- I won't even let it get intense because my family triggered me already. Get home. It triggered me out of the potential trigger. And so when you begin to install God, yourself, purpose, and family, as positive triggers, then they can be used to trigger you out of triggers. This is a good word, man. So not all positive, not all things that trigger positive emotions. See, emotions have no no, no um, distinction. Like they have distinction as far as what kind of emotion is, but they, they, they have no uh, uh, respective place. What I mean by that is this. They can be triggered by anything. I mean, food can trigger certain excitements. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with being triggered by those different things. Oh, when your favorite cake comes by, you triggered by it. We're talking about how strong the trigger is. See, you know, there's, there's uh, light triggers, mild triggers. I mean, hold on. There's soft triggers, mild triggers, severe triggers. Soft triggers, man. Listen, I mean, do I get triggered when I when I walk by certain cakes? Do I get triggered some a little soft trigger when I pass by Bojangles? Yeah, but it ain't a strong trigger like it used to be. Mild triggers can just be like competitiveness and, and whatever, and you got to be cautious with that. But there's also severe triggers. We're talking about mild to severe triggers. You got to examine, okay, man, do I have a strong trigger from God, family, and purpose that can neutralize those mild and severe triggers as I'm growing? I'm not expecting none of us to overcome these things overnight, but these are just things to keep in your mind day and night, meditating on it so that you can be better in these environments. Number two, perception and appraisal. The first step is you're triggered. Whoop, there you go. You're triggered. Now, when you trigger, now it's time to develop the right perceptions and appraisal. An appraisal is the accurate price and value of a thing. Let's get to it. It's my favorite part. The individual perceives and appraises the triggering event. This involves interpreting its significance and evaluating its impact on personal well-being. So you and I have to get to a place, and I didn't get, I didn't put all this in my in the worksheet for this one because I, I go a little bit more in depth in my program. So for those who want a little bit more in depth, but I'm gonna give you the value anyway. But th- there has to be some significance to see if anything's significant. You and I must first understand our significance in God. Our own self-worth has to be worth more than anything worth having in this world outside of salvation through Christ. So once I have significance in of myself, then I can now determine if something is significant. If it's worth my, my interest, if it's worth my attention. Because I know my significance as an image bearer of God, as an adopted son of God, into the kingdom business of God, I'm worth something. I'm worth more than anything in this world outside of humans combined. I'm worth more than that. So now I got to, because I know my worth, I know what's worth my worth. 
because I know my worth, I know what's worth my worth. So we have to change the way we perceive things. We have to change the way we see ourselves because how we see ourselves in the in light of God and how he sees us will determine if we can accurately see the things outside of us. We've been giving wrong appraisals, making things more valuable than they actually are, giving our billion dollar worth to things worth pennies. How many people lost their life, lost their marriage, lost their children because of poor appraisals, poor perceptions, not able to perceive a situation worthy or not. But it only changes when you and I begin to find our significance in God. And I'm going to do a video on significance a little bit later. It says the individual, now that the triggering event has occurred and you know what they typically are. So that's a good thing. When you know that you're typically triggered in these type of environments, co-worker, mom, dad, brother, sister, husband, children, whatever triggers you, or they don't necessarily trigger you all the time, but you find yourself most triggering when when you're tired and weak and whatever. So when you know yourself, then you will be able to properly show yourself. But because you know these environments you're typically triggered in, you're able to beforehand do the homework. You're able to beforehand to be able to say, okay, all right, let me make sure I do some homework and better understanding my significance in God. Better understanding of the worth of my singleness, that my singleness is significant. This dating phase, this courting phase is significant. This first year of marriage is significant. Uh, me being a father is significant. Being a mother is significant. Being being an entrepreneur is significant. Being a minister is significant. When you begin to find a significance of who you are and what you do, then when you find yourself in a situation, you have a higher probability of enduring a triggering event. It says the individual perceives and appraises the triggering event. This involves um, interpreting its significance. Can you properly interpret? If you can't interpret, they will intercept it. God be trying to throw us passes, but because we interpret the route wrong, it opens up the enemy to get interceptions. And so proper interpretation minimizes uh, 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 opportunities for interceptions. This involves interpreting its significance and evaluating its impact on personal well-being. So you got to ask yourself, what's the impact? People crazy, man. I get home. Yo, you want to cut me in traffic? You got it. I give thumbs up, man. You're good. Go, go, go. I, I put over, I put I put a little bit extra sauce when I'm around certain people. Man, like, no, no, you got it. Open the door. When I'm in the hood pumping gas, man, bro, you good. Like, bro, like, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm putting out there diffusers. <laughs> you have to be infused to diffuse <laughs> the confused. <laughs> You have to have the word of God so infused, the love of God so infused, the joy of God so infused, the peace of God so infused that you can diffuse the confused. So people don't even really bother you because you're putting out that positive energy. You're putting out that, yo, yo, we good, we good. So you got to be able to say, what's the impact? What? Because God has saved a lot of us. Some of us, we should have been boop. 
punched in the face three times. Some of us, we should have been dead sleeping in our grave. Some of us, we should have been because God graced and kept us, but we knew we was wilding. We knew it was doing too much. That that person could have pulled out that, you know what I mean? And, and then we would be in, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? And so that's why it's important to say, man, what's the impact of me always investing? Who is it impacting on? I don't want my daughter to see me a certain kind of way. So I got to work on that stuff. I, you see what I'm saying? So there's certain things that you got to say, okay, all right, what's my perception of the praise like? Number three, emotional experience. Step three, the appraisal leads to an emotional experience, whether it's happiness, anger, sadness, etc. This is a subjective response to the perceived perceived event. So I, based upon your level of perception and appraisement will determine an emotional experience. What that means is <clears throat> now you done stepped into emotion. You ever been in a situation where a person beckoned you, brought you into an emotional experience, and now it's emotion and emotion, not logic and logic, not spirit and spirit, but it's, emo it's only emotions communicating. That's why we got to be careful. Because when we're triggered and we are praised, now it determines the emotional experience. Now I can either diffuse the emotional experience or infuse the emotional experience. What I mean? Based upon you're able to appraise, man, now you good, fam. My bad. I'm so sorry. My bad, bro. My bad, I didn't mean to step on you. Oh, excuse me, sir. You, you see what I'm saying? Oh, excuse me, young lady. You, you're able to diffuse it. I know, man, it was a misunderstanding. You you already quit the whoop, whoop, diffuse. Oh, my bad, man. You know that was it. You see what I'm saying? Or if you're easily triggered, then something that was that could have been diffused and then moved on has now been uh, festered into something more. That's why you gotta get you gotta catch a vibe early. I don't care how bad last night was. Joy, uh, not joy, a uh, joy comes in the morning. <clears throat> Grace and mercy is already at full to follow you all the days of your life. Goodness and mercy shall follow you, right? So that's why you gotta say, before I walk out of this house, before you lay your head down the night before, you gotta deal with those emotions. Never allow emotions to carry over because now you're giving the enemy emotional uh, uh, explosives to use in certain situations. Uh, uh, if he knows that you're at 60% explosiveness, you at 60% explosiveness. That means you 40% away from exploding. You went to bed at 70% explosive. You woke up at 72% explosive. All it takes is a person that's got a 32 explosiveness to themselves to cause an 100% explosion. So you and I determine based upon our ability to quickly perceive and to execute emotional intelligence to be able to say, you know what? I just turned something that was could have been wrathful and my soft answer softened it. <clears throat> Remember, we as believers were meant to be thermostats, not thermometers. Thermometers tell the temperature, the thermostat sets them. Number four, awareness. Here we go, we're getting deeper. Self-awareness comes into play as individuals recognize their emotional state. This involves understanding what they are feeling and why. So you don't have an emotional experience, Awareness is where you're able to grow. Awareness says, uh, uh, I'm able to recognize my emotional state. For instance, you have an emotional experience or it's past. Then you're able to say, yep, 
I, I can I can attest whether I was in a, a joyful emotional state or just a coasting emotional state. Like we can't just be coasting either. Because if you're coasting, that means you're neutral. That means you could be bumped either way quickly. It has to be so high that when someone bumps you, they only bumped you by 2%. You may not be 100% because, come on, man, you could be full of joy and still be like, man, I can't believe she. I can't believe he, right? <clears throat> so awareness. Number five, cognitive reappraisal. Depending on the emotional experience, individuals may engage in a cognitive reappraisal. They might reinterpret the event or situation to alter the emotional response. This usually happened at home. This means that now, after them, we're talking about after the event is over. You're home now, you're driving home, and now you're able to assess whether or not you get the situation your best or your stress. Cognitive reappraisal, depending on the emotional experience. Now, if it's good and you're good, you probably don't do no cognitive reappraisal. <clears throat> you are, you're saying, thank you, Lord. <clears throat> God, you're good. Thank you, man, for, for keeping me. Thank you for giving me the strength. But if, it, but if you found yourself out of character or you found yourself in your typical natural self because you haven't quite done the homework yet, then this is where you begin to have cognitive reappraisal. Individuals may engage in cognitive reappraisal. They might reinterpret the event or situation to alter the emotional response. So this means this is that you're able to say, okay, I could have, we've been there. I could have handled that better. Yep. Most of us, we just stop there and be like, oh, I could have handled that better versus, okay, now how can I handle it better? Next time I'm in the situation, how can I handle it better? Can I handle it better right now? Even though I responded improperly, maybe I, I gave some attitude. We've all been there. Can I not call that person back and say, yo, that's my fault, my bad. I'm sorry about that. Please forgive me for that. So that nothing else lingers in the mind or et cetera like that. Choice of expression number six. After reappraisal, individuals make, make choices about how to express their emotions. This could involve communication, behavioral responses, or interpretal, internal process. So this typically happens. Now, depending if you're still in the situation or you after the situation, now you get to choose how you're going to feel. Some of us, we took a, a, a feeling that was only the size of a molehill and made it into a mountain because now after the situation is over, we're starting to invest more emotion in it. After the reappraisal, individuals make choices about how to express their emotions. This could involve communication. Some people communicate, call right back. Some people behave. We're talking about whether you're in a situation, out of situation, start behaving crazy. Or actions, oh, sorry, uh, behavior response or internal processing. Number seven, behavioral response. The chosen expression is manifested in behavior. This can include verbal communication, actions, or other forms of expression. So this can actually be happening while you're in a situation with a person. All this happens while you're on set or while you're off set, right? But let's say you're in front of a person. And so you've, you've been triggered. You appraise the situation. Now you have an emotional internal experience. You're like, man, I'm really feeling emotions now. Now you're aware of your emotional state. Now you're aware, yo, I'm about to slap her. <laughs> I'm about to stomp him out. Now you're already aware of what you want to do or you are aware of, I'm about to walk away. This ain't worth my time. If you don't walk away, some people, they'll go back and look at it again. They'll reinterpret the event situation, uh, alter the emotional response. Some people have that second gear. Some people, they stop at number uh, four. They, they stop at... Uh, Three and four, 
They don't go to five. Five is where a person's able to say, I'm in my feelings, but my brain kicks back in. My spirit kicks back in and says, is this worth my energy or my time? Now, after that cognitive reappraisal for some, choice of expression. Some people say, you know what? Let's talk this over. Come on, man. Let's talk about this. Some people say, you know what? I'm just going to just give you a hug. I'm just going to walk in love. Or they'll start internally processing. Some people, they're like, I got to walk away from the internal process. Number seven is where there's a behavior response. The chosen expression is manifested in behavior. If, if, if that means they walk away, either they, they try to uh, make a way. <laughs> and some people communicate actions and other forms of expression. Last but not least, number eight. Right? It, uh, post an emoji if you guys get some of this. I, I hope this is helpful. That call this the feedback loop. The response from the external environment or others may influence further emotional regulation. Positive or negative feedback can impact the ongoing emotional state and future emotional regulation strategy. So that's why you have to be your own best friend and you got to be surrounded by good people and say, did I handle that right? And you got to take that feedback. Some people's feedback is to try to feed back to that negative energy. They want to feed back and you need to go back and handle that. No, you got to be around people that says, you know what? That wasn't even worth your time. Yeah, you made a mistake. But next time, man, you got to, because the feedback will determine how you loop back. The feedback will determine how you loop back. So when you get good feedback and you go to God every night and you start thinking over your day, how you handle situations, how you emotionally engage situations, then you will get that feedback from the word of God that's in you or the feedback from the Holy Spirit that's in you or the feedback just from your own feedback or feedback from people that you knew was there. You call them up and buy, did I handle that right? Or you share the situation to somebody and ask them, did I handle that right? So that when you loop back in that situation, you're a little bit more fortified and you have a little bit more of a fortress around your feelings and you have a, a level of appraisal that's able to say, if this worth my praise or not, then you're able to move from it. So I pray these eight steps and we all of us seen ourselves in these situations where we were in a triggering event. We appraised good or bad. We conjured up either good or bad emotions. Our awareness wasn't there or was there. Some of us didn't reappraise. We chose an expression, chose to walk in anger, chose to walk in and in, in conversation, whatever, and caused the behavior. And, 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 and most of us, <clears throat> well, a lot of people don't necessarily get the feedback they need. And so this video was a response to uh, a, a poll that I posted on my community tab where I, I put a bunch of topics there and 36 or 7 percent out of 100 plus 150 plus people chose uh, this topic. So I pray this gave you guys some insight. Uh, we are people of emotions, but we were never meant to be emotional people. Emotions only let you know how you feel in the present moment. They're, they are not presence to every moment. Hear me on that. They only let you feel about how you feel in the present moment, but they're not always a good present to every moment. We always talked about that. Not all positive emotions are positive emotions. Some of our positive, happy, happy type of emotions stem, stem from sappy, sappy emotions or crappy, crappy emotions. And because we got crappy, crappy emotions, we start reaching out for things. And, he, and that guy slid in your DMs. Now it triggered all these emotions. But he said she wasn't healed from your daddy, your dad wounds. All of a sudden, now you set yourself up for an ex wound from an ex man. 
And so I pray this video is a blessing to you. If you need help in this area, you like coach, I, I am in a place where I'm a professional, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a husband, I'm a wife, I have some success, but man, I have holes in my emotions. And coach, I'm seeing right now how the holes in my emotions are affecting how I hold my family. My our arguments are more intense now, coach. Coach, the way I handle my children are short and stern. Coach, uh, a lot of these emotional issues stem from past wounds. And co coach, I can't get past those wounds. And if you want to get to a place where you say, Coach, I want to be at an emotional peace. I want to experience the high levels of emotions like love, joy, and peace so that I could bring peace no matter where my, my shoes shotted for peace are. And you want to get to a place where you patch up those emotional wounds and potentially those generational wounds and be able to patch up those different holes in your life so that you can hold the things in your life and be able to hold the things you desire in your life. And if that resonates with you, my friend, then I want you to message me today. Go to my website, mycoachjosh.com. Go under the coaching tab. And I want you to check out uh, these, um, my fulfillment coaching program. I'm going to go ahead and post uh, links here. I believe that program will help <clears throat> a lot of individuals that says, I struggle with my emotions. I'm successful, coach. I'm good in certain areas, but I'm not good in this area. So let me, I have a six-month program. For those who just who want the tools and skills and they want to be able to, to thrive and also have the uh, the mastermind version where people uh, will walk with me for 12 uh, months plus and they'll be able to be equipped with the tools, strategies needed to be able to hold the things in their life well. So I'm going to post this link now. That's the first fulfillment program. And then the second one is the fulfillment elite. And that's the elite program for those who desire to take it up another level. And this is your fast track, expedited way to be able to have wholeness in your life. And if you struggle mentally, you can check out my mindset program as well, because some of us, the reason why our emotions are not where they need to be, because our mindset is not there where they need to be. So that mindset program will definitely help you get to a place uh, where you're able to mentally appraise. That's that part right there. And I really help my people in my mindset program to help them properly appraise because of the praise they raised to the most high. And now they're most high, uh, uh, higher above these different experiences, causing them to be emotional, etc. And so if you want to learn how to properly perceive and properly appraise using your mind as a muscle, then that uh, mindset program would be a great resource as well. I'll post that link now uh, for those who's watching live. But all these links, my friends, are in my description box boxes below. Let me make sure I get back to the resilient program. All that good stuff. Also check out a good book that I think would be a blessing that will help guys and gals in this particular area is this book right here, Facts Over Feelings. How to find the facts behind your feelings so that you can get back to fulfilling your purpose life. Oh, let me go ahead and uh, <clears throat> uh, let me see. Let me pull up the worksheet. There we go. Emotional regulation. Here we go. Let's go over this worksheet together. You can actually go to mycoachjosh.com forward slash worksheets, and you'll be able to download this worksheet right here that will help you, a free resource that will help you um, <clears throat> navigate. So I had a good write-up on emotions. They explain each area. 
Recognize trigger start by identifying events, situation that trigger emotional responses. This could be a, a critique at work, a disagreement, or any circumstance that, that elicits a strong emotional reaction. We talked about, remember, we talked about soft, mild, and strong. Uh, perception and appraisal reflect on how you perceive it and appraise the triggering event. Consider alternative interpretations to broaden your perspective. Recognize that your appraisal influences your emotional response. So all these go and kind of reiterate what I shared before. And here's the worksheet I gave you extra pages to actually uh, reflect on. Or you can do it however you want to. Uh, let me go back. Uh, the step one, trigger an event. Identify a recent event. This is just giving you practice so that you can see and walk yourself through it. Identify a recent event that triggered an emotional response. Number two, reflect on how you perceived and appraised the event. Consider, uh, consider alternative interpretation and appraisals. Emotional experience. Identify the primary emotion you experience. Explore any secondary emotions that may have emerged. Awareness. Acknowledge and label your emotions. Recognize the choice you have in responding. Be aware of that, that you can't walk away. Uh, cognitive reappraisal. Challenge negative thoughts or interpretations. Consider a more positive or constructive perspective. Choice of expression. Decide how you want to express your emotions. We get to decide that. Choose behaviors that align with your desired emotional outcome. Behavior response, implement your chosen expression method. Monitor your response for alignment with your emotional goals. So what's your emotional goal? To be emotionally whole or to always emotionally fold? Feedback, observe external feedback and response. Consider how external feedback influences your ongoing uh, emotional state. So all these are great. It's a great tool that you can use over and over and over and over and over again to help you win, 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 win. So you can check out my other books like Multipurpose, Facts, uh, Counterfeit or Counterpart. This is a good book too that goes with those in this, for those who struggle in this area. The Purpose of Freedom. Some of us, we have soul ties and strongholds that contribute to our emotional holes and our ability to emotionally hold. So this book, The Purpose of Freedom, be a great book for those who struggle with this area. Um, Hole is a good card game. Purpose Singleness, Dating Prep, all these books, card games, y'all know them, will be great tools and resources for y'all. I pray this was a blessing to you. Share this with somebody. And um, I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Catch you next time. Oh, let me see if I got any questions. I'm sorry. Maybe one or two. Diamond says, I'm taking notes right now. Good, I'm glad. Walking everywhere, 4K says, hi, Coach Josh. How can we as Christians turn the other cheek without signaling to people that we are doormats? Sometimes it's, it might be good to show anger in order to set boundaries. Well, it's a, the thing is, let's, let's break it down. How can we as Christians turn the other cheek without signaling to people that we are doormats? Well, you determine your, you determine how people treat you. Our goal is to teach people how to treat us before it gets to mistreatment. The issue is we want to teach people after we've been mistreated. The goal is, okay, I'm going to teach myself to teach myself, to teach others how to treat me before there's mistreatment so that I would have already uh, exited stage left before the mistreatment. There's levels to mistreatment. Some people, uh, they're subtle in early on with their mistreatment. But we ignore it because of how uh, of how we whatever the issue is or whatever we want. And so the goal is to be able to say, 
I know my significance so much that I don't tolerate even the little stuff because the little stuff is 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 the uh, prerequisite, the big stuff. You ever uh, do? Does a storm come out of nowhere? Do the clouds come first? Do the storm come first or the cloud come first? Do the rain come first? Do the clouds come first? Do the lightning come first? Do the clouds come first? So when you see clouds, you begin a certain type of clouds. You know there's a certain type of storm. There's tornado clouds. There's rain clouds. There's severe thunderstorm clouds. And so when you see the type of clouds, then you're able to retreat. So then you're able to say, you know what? I'm going to retreat. I'm out. Going with through. Because I see the clouds. But we wait till the rain falls and the storm comes and then we want to, right? And so the goal is not to stand in their presence. Doormats are, are stagnant things that don't move. People who choose not to move and leave people who are foolish and mistreating them, they deserve to be doormats. I'm not saying they deserve to be more doormats, but they're, they end up becoming doormats. Now, the second phase, sometimes it might be good to show anger in order to set boundaries. Actually, for some people, they don't even, okay, I see what you're saying. <clears throat> the Bible does say be angry and sin not. I want to add this to it. I do not want to make you guys feel like emotions are bad. There's nothing wrong with feeling sad. There's nothing wrong with feeling mad. The Bible even says be angry but sin not. But it is our mind renewal that determines how far the emotions are released. And so if my mind is not renewed in the area of worthiness, or my mind is not renewed, renewed in the area of me being fearfully wonderful made, if my mind is not renewed in my significance, then, then there's no boundaries out here in these trenches. And then now my anger floods into fists thrown. So there's nothing wrong with before the fists are thrown, elevate in tone to let them know they were wrong. But you got to do it in love, not necessarily in love for them, but through love for yourself, the way you don't release yourself too far out. Jesus also showed anger, insulted the Pharisees as breeders next to fire. Remember? Yeah, he did. But you also got to remember he's God. <laughs> Big difference. He he was God or he is God, but then he was God in the flesh. We're just men, women of flesh. So I don't think it's wise for us going out there calling things, people, breeds of snakes and vipers. We have to remember that God did what God did. And God is only reserved to do certain things that God did. Uh, um, he, he, It was his house he flipped the tables in. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he, th those people were causing a hindrance to the advancement of his kingdom. And, and, and shackling people with all these uh, 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 things of that nature, right? And so... There are certain things that Jesus did because he was who he is. And so with that, we have to also be cognizant that, you know, uh, just because he got on the cross don't mean I get on the cross. It don't mean I go out there and say, because Jesus was on the cross, I'm going to allow someone to put nails in my arm. Just because not everything Jesus did, we supposed to do. Because some things are only reserved for only the divine to do and not for just mere men. Hope that gave some insight. Love you all. Thank you so much. Trust me with questions. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Catch y'all next time. Peace.